What's up, Podcast Land? The boys are back. The race season has begun. Qatar just happened. We're going to dig into it. I got my man Bo here. Bo, what's going on tonight? Hey, not much, Jason. How are you doing? Man, much better. Motorcycle racing's back. It's I back, mean, I'm right. man. It's I'm right. Back. It's, it's back, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't dream this past weekend happened. Uh, I'm just, I'm so excited for this season. Uh, I think there's a lot of wrinkles that we didn't expect. I think we're going to go over all that stuff. But overall, it was a great weekend of racing, even though some of the races, well, really none of the races went like I thought they would go. Not at all. Um, no, we had yeah, enough drama so, unfolded in yeah. one weekend to cover half a season, it seemed like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? I think it's best to get started like we normally do with Moto3 and Moto2 mm -hmm. and then work our way up to the Premier Class. What do you think? Sounds good to me, man. Let's jump right in. Well, I want to start with the qualifying of Moto3, which should also be called the thing Jason hates most about motorcycle racing, because qualifying in Moto3 has become its own sort of spectacle that's not just a spectacle. It's dangerous, and you have adults out there putting kids in situations they shouldn't be in. That's my take on it. Um, we know that... Fagia, Suzuki, and Guevara all got penalized mm -hmm. in the uh, qualifying session um, for what they deemed irresponsible riding, I guess. And I think the whole class is irresponsible. That They gave it to Fagia for weaving down the front straight. If you're in the front and you didn't pass anybody, is that really your responsibility? But what's your take on that? If you're in the front and you didn't pass anyone, right, and you and weave you a get, little bit, and you get weave, and you you start weaving to break someone's draft, so I think so. I think that is. I mean, it, in all honesty, I do think that's irresponsible because if you you can't see behind you, right? So it, it's the same idea as the Dennis on Chew incident at Coda, right? Because uh, he passed, he drafted past someone. He didn't. Mm -hmm. He didn't check his his lane. You know that pass. So then he cut over in front and took and chopped the front wheel off. I think it was Jeremy Alcoba that he took his right. front wheel off. So if you apply the same idea and the same physics on in in a different situation, um, regardless if um, you know Fajia had not passed someone or anything, there still is a draft effect there. And it, we've seen you, you know just how effective the draft is down that front straight at Qatar. Right. So that bike is, if they're trying to get into that draft, which they all are, which the, the 30 riders behind it, or sorry, the 14 riders behind him are trying to, you know, there's going to be a draft effect at some point. So if he's weaving, it comes back into the path of another rider who might be in that draft already making a pass. It does make a, it does create an unsafe environment for the other riders. I think, um, I have two issues with that. I have two issues with your statement. Okay. I mean, you and I are going to be at odds all night tonight, evidently. But this this is a problem for me. Now, you used the example of Anchu, and in that situation, 100% agree with you. Fajia didn't pass anyone. Fajia was leading. So what you're basically telling Fajia is you have to stay in line and let the draft catch you. That's just too bad. You can't do anything. What else is he supposed to do? Well, yeah, the only way to fix that though is the is for the the additional irresponsible behavior before we get around to that that point. It's when these I, these kids come out you. to come out of the pit and then they they goof off, you know, and go fifteen to twenty miles an hour waiting for someone to finally get, so they can get a tow. So oh, the, there is no 
we've talked about this before, and there has to be a different qualifying structure overall adopted in the Moto3 I, I class. I agree, but I felt like especially Fagia's penalty with the back of the grid plus two long laps, not just one like Suzuki and Guevara, was beyond the pale. So the magnitude you know, of the penalty is not... It, it, so what are we, what penalty, are we debating? I, are we debating the magnitude? I, I'm debating... The, 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 no. The I'm fact that he got a penalty one. at all? I don't think he should have gotten a penalty. I don't think Fagia should have gotten a penalty. Fagia never, ever, ever was behind anyone else. They were drafting on Fagia. So you're so saying what, it's their responsibility to not their responsibility try to pass not him, to get even hit. though it's qualifying. Well, no. no, no, it's their responsibility. They're behind. That's racing. The person behind has the responsibility right. to not hit the person in front of them, and that is racing. Four wheels, two wheels does not matter. Now the argument, this, the the only argument I can post that is the person in front does not need to you know, that erratic line does pose a an unpredictability factor to the rider behind though well then go pick your own line you now i'm not I mean? disputing Don't, that i'm not i'm just you know what i mean uh, we're going back and forth with with this but there's no real like i'm right. not on but on my, any my side of that, you know right you're penalizing fagia because he's in front that's ridiculous now you're pen but you should be to your point they shouldn't be allowed to ride like this in qualifying it's absolute mayhem and dangerous so, and unsafe. I, I'm going to take we, it a step further, and I'm not. I'm not. Uh, in in what got me and kind of perked my ear up was, or, or made my eyebrow raise a bit in the race itself. Andrea Mino technically did the same thing on the last lap. There wasn't there quite as much weaving, but there was still a deliberate weave. And I I, re, I remember seeing and thinking at you know during the last lap. You know, whoa! This is really, really close to exactly what Fadji got, and the rest of the riders got penalized for. Is this not a penalty? And what what makes it situation situationally dependent to the the FIM stewards of what should or should not get a penalty? I the mean, FIM arguably, stupid. you and I, are, arguably, in a race, people are going to make more desperate decisions and more aggressive decisions because it's a race, especially on the last lap. So, yep. to me. I completely see what you're saying. I completely, I completely understand what you're saying. I think the magnitude of the penalty was was cross. I think that the approach is is the approach was to where we're going to have to make somebody an example, and that's the problem I had with it. Is it's so subjective, and there's no standardization to these penalties. It right. seems whatsoever. They they just they need to put these guys out like they do Moto E. Absolutely, you can do it. You can do it in 30 minutes. You put two of them out on track. Maybe the teammates go and let the teammates work together. You know what I mean? Maybe they I do think that that's absolutely fair. That that that'll cut your qualifying time in, in half from what you would be doing with Moto E. Send them both out as a team. Both of them get one flying lap each, and that's it. Yep. You get one person out on track. If you're only the person on your team, then you get another person with a one. No more than two people out on track. That's just how it goes. Because you have, I watched them. All those. Young men sitting on their bikes, ready to go. Yep, absolutely. But you know who they're listening to? Adults. There are adults telling them to do this. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yep. And the FIM needs to step in and do something. They're not the FIM stewards to me anymore. They're the FIM stupids. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the FIM allowing this hand to do whatever it wants, but this hand gets in trouble. That's they're doing the same thing. No, I agree with the so, lack of standardization. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, yeah. So subjectiveness in rulemaking racing is a problem, and they need to fix it. So that's that's my rant for Moto Three. I as I was ranting during qualifying, I used a lot of four letter words 
loudly. And I was mad. I was there by myself. <laughs> I was just mad. And and I and we we've we've touched on this before. Qualifying needs to change in Moto three. Um, and that's it. But let's talk about now the race. So we had those three start at the back. And and honestly, I don't know how much difference it would have made for Guevara in terms of a race win, but I know it directly affected Faggia because he well, was, super was fast, fast all weekend. Yeah. I mean, he had yep. pace all weekend long. So yeah, it really, really did compromise him, you know, even given the fact that he still came away with the top seven, you know, but that's still an impressive finish given what he had to go through. But no, you're absolutely right. I think that this race would have turned out a lot differently. Um, if Faggia had had not gotten those penalties assessed to him, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, you know, congratulations to Mino on winning the race. Uh, Sergio Garcia finishing second. Uh, Kaito Toba on the podium in third. Um, is that right? Did I say yes, that right? Yes, you're correct. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you know, Dennis Anchu finishes fourth. Mm-hmm. John McPhee finishes sixth. A newcomer, Diogo Morera, finishes sixth. Dennis Faggia, as you mentioned, finished seventh. Izan Guevara finishes eighth. And Ryusei Yamanaka, yeah, the street fighter, finishes ninth. And Artigas, Xavi Artigas, finishing tenth. Congratulations to Mino because he did a great job at the front. I mean, he ran a great race. He didn't do um, anything during the race that you would think, oh, he just got yeah. lucky to win it. He, he, he rode a great race. Would he have beaten Faggia had Faggia not been in the back? I don't know. Well, I mean, so let's not let's not get too far because this race was really won through heartache, though, for you know Ayuma Sasaki and the the issue that he had with the bike fairing. You know, I mean, three seconds ahead in a Moto G in a Moto Three race is yeah, that was really surprising to me. You know, yeah, yeah, he did, and why his fairing came apart like that would be very upsetting to me if I was the team and the rider. Um, he did have a huge moment though. Yeah, 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 um, definitely. And I mean, so he was going to lose some time there and it was possible that he had used that tire up. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. They had started to slowly reel him back just a hair. They were at the last previous couple laps. It was like a 10th here, a 10th there. Um, and I wondered, I was like, oh, well, there's, what was it? eight or 10 laps left, something like that. Not even, I don't remember when it happened, but I was like, well, I don't know if they have time, but I seven think his laps. tire is done. Okay. Seven, seven laps, laps when he started to, yeah. uh, to lose it. Yeah. So I, I was like, you know, I wonder if they could catch him because I was wondering about his tires the entire race because he was flying and, um, it's unfortunate, but he, I've never seen that happen to a bike like that before. Like that was bad. Like that fairing, wasn't just out of place. It was shifted over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, it was a, that it was a wind sail a at that point. When, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, that was definitely unfortunate for him. Um, but, you know, all credit to Mino for running a super solid race. I just thought he did a good job up there at the front. Yeah, it was a long overdue result for him. You know, we talked even last season, he's been subject of a lot of bad luck and, you know, people kind of clattering into him, bike issues. It just seemed like there's been a black cloud that's followed Andrea Mino to every single round last year. At the end of the year last year, year, he felt like he had some momentum, though. It felt like he had started to gain some traction and get, you know, yeah, turn the corner a bit. So this was a good way. Uh, Sergio Garcia, uh, great ride. 
he is picking up where he left off at, uh, at the end of last year. He was solid at the end of last year after the injury, and he was solid all year before that. So, yeah, you know, this, this is a good finish for him because he also had a long lap penalty in this race as well uh, from the uh, the irresponsible riding, I think, when he took out – what was it? Uh, was it Jeremy Massey that he took out or was another rider that he had he – had, Carlos Tatai. It was Carlos Tatai yes, that he had a collision Tatai, with. Yes, yep. Yep, Tatai. So, I, I mean, what, what are you going to do? It's racing. There's so many of them out there. Yeah. But again, it's the guy behind. It's his responsibilities. But I, on that, you know, the FIM stewards, you know, they, you know, they, they took. I, I felt like that was appropriate for what happened. Do you? Yeah. No, I'm not arguing that. I'm just, you know, it was a good ride from him to recover from that penalty. I do think it was yeah. a bit of an ambitious move for him, but. Yeah. You know, it, this is racing at the end of the day. If he sees a gap, he's going to go for it. That's what, you 100%. know, that's what the gas guys asked our team is paying him for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he came back and, and did it. Uh, so, so now we've talked about the guys that are finishing and we, we, you know, we know of course that Faji and Guevara, they finished seventh and eighth or ninth and ninth and uh, seventh and eighth. Um, after having to start at the back, mm -hmm. each one of them had one long lap. And then of course, Dennis had two, um, but Suzuki was back on the ground, and Bo, I, I just I yeah, uh, yeah I know I, I've I've just lost. I think he's on the bow bus for you know he's on the bow bus a little bit. Last, he has last a standing really ticket. Yeah, I mean he's got a standing yeah. appointment each week. He that just, you know he, something really has to change with this young man because he's starting to get long in the tooth with GP. Yeah. He's been in the paddock yeah. for a while. Um, he spent a number of years with the 658 team. He got a win, you know, a really emotional win with the 658 team. He's shown brilliance each season at some points, but he does not have the ability to string together an entire season of no. uh, of consistency and good moments. Not and, yet. Uh, no, not yet. Not at all. And and at this point, I'm. Uh, it's not the bike. You know, nope. at this point, it, that you can't blame that anymore because you've spent enough time on a Honda that you understand how it should work and you, you know it's not the class because you've been racing in this class for a while. You've been aggressive. He looks good in qualifying. So what is it about the race that you can't bring the bike home each and every weekend, whether it be a top five or a top seven or a top ten? You, you – not to defend him, but you need to be you need to be fighting yeah. for wins at your at this point in your I career. Don't. And is he shown that he has the speed? That's what's most frustrating about it. But the, yeah, thing, the yeah. thing is, is that you know all that speed's not any good if you don't see the checker. Right. So right. you know that's that's it, and that's it. It has to stop. The crashing has to stop if he wants to keep his career going. That's it. One hundred percent. I mean, he everything else he's doing is great. He just crashes too much. Mm -hmm. He can't stop crashing. He always has to push himself over the limit. And he, he needs to, what he needs to do is just take a step back and mature a little bit and say, okay, this is the best I can do right now. And this is it. I'm still baffled by the move to get rid of Artigas from that team and to bring Tatsuki Suzuki on. Me too. I, what know, were they thinking they were getting? Now, with that said, I will say that CF Moto Racing Prusta GP team, that's a good looking bike. I think that's one of the best it looking really bikes nice, uh, yeah. in the Moto Three grid, personally. It's a great looking bike, and you know what? It looks competitive. He finished in the top ten, so that's great. Yep. Um, but you know what? I, I noticed on the straight, Mino's bike was a rocket down that front yeah. straight. Nobody was drafting, draft but yeah, that, I noticed no. that as well. So uh, apparently, something uh, there's something there this year. Yeah, I, I man, I was like, good grief. And the last thing I want to talk about in Moto Three is Jamamasia. 
he has got to stop. He, he and Suzuki is the same to yep. me. Like, Absolutely. That was that crash was not on Toba. Toba didn't do that to him. He did that to him. And, you know, I, I just, this young man has immense talent, much like Suzuki. Again, it doesn't matter if you don't finish the races. And, uh, like, you don't win in the first corner. You don't win in the 10th lap. Mm-hmm. You don't win in the 15th lap. You know, you, you cannot keep throwing it down. I mean, well, and let's be honest, there's a guy in that garage that's not going to put up with that much longer. Right. No, but, and that's what I was going to say about that garage too, though, is, you know, he's got a teammate that was brought over as a rookie in Daniel Hagato. And I think there's definitely yeah. pressure on Jeremy Massey now to perform. Oh, and yeah. I'm sorry, his teammate didn't get a point. You know, he finished 16th, but he finished a race. And that's yep. crucial right now because that gives Akiyo something to work with. That gives him somewhere to, that benchmarks that rider for him to say, okay, this is where you are. This is where we're going to go. Here is how we're going to do that. And I feel oh, like and he's probably Hogato already tried better. that with Jamin Masia. You know, no, absolutely. Hogato's absolutely going to get better. Jamin Masia may have seen his day, though. You know, he rode for the the um, the Leopard team. He's been with K- KTM last year. The results weren't terribly there. He was a decent teammate to uh, Pedro Acosta. Yes, we'll give him that. But the finishes, this guy should be fighting for championships. A hundred percent. You know, but we're talking about finishes, and Dennis Anchu did finish the race. Yes. So good on Dennis. Yes. Um, I think I'm hopeful that we're seeing a maturing of Dennis Anchu and that this continues. Keep finishing races because he's got good speed and he could be really, really good. Um, But I I wanted to congratulate all the new guys, you know, uh, that are first race Diogo Moreira, what mm-hmm. a great first race! Yeah, we, there's some there's some real talent there from Brazil, so that's great for Brazil. And and you know another nationality in the top ten that's never bad, never bad. Um, it just helps broaden the scope of the fan base, and uh, that's what we like. Uh, but that's really all I got for Moto Three. You want to talk about Moto Two? No, yeah, yeah. Let's move straight over to Moto Two. Well, Moto Two, first of all. There were two Americans in the top 10 on the first lap, and I said, stop the race. Stop it. <laughs> Throw the flag race out. <laughs> Throw the flag. We win. We win. Now, our two Americans still finish in the top 10, so I'm extremely happy. Uh, Celestino Vietti winning the race. Aaron Kinnett finishing second. Sam Lowe's with a great ride, finishing third. Um, Vietti, start to finish, led the race. Inch perfect. Yeah. You can't Inch say anything else. So, yeah, absolutely. No. I mean, no, no. It didn't That's put a foot brilliant. wrong all night long. No. Brilliant ride by Vietti. You know, we talked a, mon- a bunch of times last year about how we saw him getting better and better and the consistency was getting better, especially the end of races. He seemed to start coming on and getting his feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the year went on, he got closer and closer to the front. So for him to win this year, I mean, just that's just astounding. Uh, it just the way he won was put a yeah, stamp right out on the it. Gate. Yeah, yep. it was right it was out a, of the gate. An authoritative, authoritative it, move. Yeah, and at the end of the race, it was not close. So you know, I I give a lot of credit to Kinnett for finishing second and in the lows for battling through the wrist injury there and finishing third. But no one could hold a candle to Vietti on Sunday, and that's just um, you know I I. I have been a fan of this guy since he came into the Moto3 paddock. Uh, he's a protege, of course, of the VR46 Academy, of Valentina Rossi. 
So, you know, VR46 was feeling themselves yesterday. Um, you know, they their rider Mino was one. Mm-hmm. Vietti wins. I yep. mean, that's just great for that academy and what Rossi's trying to do over there. It, it's just wonderful. Um, but Yeah, uh, absolutely, 100%. You know, props yeah, to Aaron Kinnett, too. This is his first race on the Calyx and you know, moving over from the yep. from the uh, Bosco Square chassis. And he I got a great you. start. He, he, he qualified did. in ninth, I think. And then, you know, he was in third by the end of the first lap. So Yeah, um, he, he ran a great race. I mean, there's no doubt this guy's going to contend for the championship. I, I think this championship is going to be close. I feel like I he matured really a lot last year. Uh, you know, I really wasn't expecting this kind of a step forward as quickly you know in this year and, and to right. be so you know definitive in the first race um granted it's the only for it's just the first race but um the ride that he rode it did show a maturity to me but you know he fi- finishing six seconds off of the lead um but he didn't he didn't override the bike he knew where he was at he knew where he could finish and he brought home points um yep. so i mean you can't say anything else about it no. you know it's just a good ride well, and you know, I, I think uh, you know the same could be said for Sam Lowe's. Now we've talked about Sam Lowe's and his crash tendency, but he was great yeah. at Qatar last year. Um, and Sam put a good race together this time. Of course, he, like I said, he's going through some injury stuff with that left wrist and some tendonitis. Um, but to put it up on the podium for the first race—that's a great start to the year. Uh, I think Augusto Fernandez—he would have loved to have the podium, but I think a fourth place in the first race of the year is a good start. Yeah, no, and, I agree with uh, that. I think he'll only get better. I we said that about some other guys. I think he'll only get better. Surprisingly, for I had some surprises though. I I was surprised that Ayagura wasn't closer to the front. Now, did you see him almost crash? Yes, I did, and that was <laughs> nuts. Yeah. How did he? How did both of them stay up? Yeah, no, that <laughs> huge credit to both riders. The, the yeah, only reason absolutely. he stayed up was because it collided. Um, that's right. You know? That's right. But he did, and you know, I I thought he would be closer to the front, but no one was close to Vietti really. Vietti went out, you know, like a rabbit, took off, and just managed the time. Um, but it wasn't the worst day for Ayagura. You got yourself a top six. Yeah, it's a good way to start. You the almost season. died yep. on the track. You almost <laughs> crashed. Um, but you finished top six, so that's a good way to start the season for a guy who's been up and down and that showed some flashes last year, but we really wondered where he would be. But how about Tony Arbolino this year? Yeah, that was a really good start for him. You know, to be up there in the in top three for a few laps and then, you know, he just faded back to uh, sixth place uh, yep. about la- with yep. nine la- on lap nine, excuse me, and just kind of maintained there for a while and then kind of made his way up to, la- to uh, fifth place at the end of the race. Um, that's good for him. It, you know, it really is. I, I, I think, I think that, he's going to be a factor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a good bike too. And he's got a great mentor in oh, the yeah. other side of the garage and Sam Lowe's too. So he's got a lot of good things around him and, and really has a good recipe for success inside that garage. I think. I think so too. I, I, I think last year him struggling a good bit at the beginning of the year, I was a little surprised because coming up from Moto3, Arbolino was so aggressive, you know, such a good rider. Mm-hmm. Um, it surprised me that he struggled a little bit, but it seems like that's behind him now. So that's good. Uh, part of that could be the Elf Mark VDS racing team. Um, the other part could just be experience and maturity and getting stronger and learning the bike and all that stuff, you know, and, and so that's great. Uh, we had, you know, Jorge Navarro finishing in seventh. So a top 10, but more importantly, finishing the race. 
Um, and then, of course, the two Americans, Joe Roberts and Cam Bobier in eighth and ninth. So I'm super happy with that. Um, and then in 10th was Marcel Schroeder. Um, but my biggest takeaways from the race were Ayagura and Arbolino, they look better than they did last year early on to me. Yeah. Um, the Did you see the Barry Baltus save? Yeah. <laughs> I was, was actually going to bring that up. You want to talk about a save, yeah. And then, <laughs> Oh, my. I mean. The guy took his handle off. his hand arm off. Yeah, he, on put it down. <laughs> he stiff-armed the pavement. I mean, that's when you, exactly he, what he, he did. He stiff-armed the pavement. <laughs> That's that's a that's amazing. That's amazing save. Maybe save of the year. Maybe save of the decade. Like <laughs> unbelievable. Um, but I I think uh, the other thing was Acosta got caught out by no fault of his own on the first corner. Right, um, right. It's bad luck. That's going to happen. But what really right. matters about that is the rest of the race for him because he got shoved all the way down to twenty fourth, and by yeah. the end of the race he'd made it up to twelfth. And we know how how difficult this class is to compete in. Obviously they're on spec bikes. So, you know, just the, the, the minor changes that happen inside each other, each one of the garages and how these guys ride the bikes are really the difference. And yep. he's clearly got speed on the bike. If he made it all the way up to 12th by the end of the race. Uh, I, I think that this was probably a tough weekend for him, um, because he didn't have tremendous pace and just qualified in 10th. So there are some struggles there some learn, some learning curve to still happen. I think, but all in all, I think this is a positive weekend for Pedro Acosta personally. I agree. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was that, <clears throat> you know, um, the Bosco Scura chassis is just struggling. Um, yeah. Firmino de Gourde, he was up there for qualifying, but he got bumped out on that same incident with Acosta. So that cost him a lot, but he was unable to recover as Acosta was. Um, and... You know, I, I just feel bad at that. It just, it's just got to be really, really frustrating to um, be riding that and watching those guys able to do some things that you want to do. But we'll see how the season goes. It's early days. Let's let these guys get acclimated to that chassis and see what happens because there's only two Bosco scores on the grid, and that speaks volumes to me. And and positive takeaway, they were better than the Envy Augustas. So there's Who that. Isn't? You know, well, hey, I will say you the and Envy I Augustas. Could build a chassis better than that. <laughs> the Envy Augustas look good this year. I will say that. So they got that going. Oh, for they them. look. That's amazing. about it, though. Yeah, no, it stops right there. That they look incredible, but that's where that ends. Um, <clears throat> uh, what did you think what? about what? happened with uh you know gabriel rodrigo i was a little surprised at where he was uh bo benchneider also um i guess these guys are learning the moto two bike um yeah well this is gabriel rodrigo this is his first race in the class it is i i just i expected him to be a little faster than that but that might have been you know just me wishing right um philip salach's high side was gnarly um that bike looks amazing too. I love that bike. Oh yeah, um, those all those Grissini bikes look really the good. Grisina, the, the GP the bikes Gr are Grisini beautiful. Grissini Motor yeah. GP bike. Oh my! If you change the red to green, I am in. <laughs> I am in. As a matter of fact, I'm just gonna I'm gonna buy a duck and just paint it that just because that that that's one of the best looking bikes I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's I a good love, looking bike. I love how they've done that, but uh, that's not neither here nor there. That, but um. 
you know, I, I just, that was a gnarly crash. I hope he's okay because, you know, I, I thought he might, he might give it a run for a podium in that race. Um, he was fast. So, you know, let's hope that Philip Salach can get that under control um, and start finishing some races and having some positive results. But, uh, you know, I, I think for me, um, you got to hope for the sake of uh, Romano Fanati that he and Boscoscura get it figured out because he just, I know Romano Fanati has a lot of talent. And I just hope the chassis is not holding him back a lot. Um, another guy that's on the gas gas, Jake Dixon, you know, he was expected to do much better than 11th, but, you know, it's racing. First race of the year. Things happen. Let's see how it goes. Um, Sean Dillon Kelly finished the race. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, now, he was he was minutes behind, <laughs> but, but I, I mean, not minutes. Almost, he was almost one. one minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, he uh, finished in front of last place. So, you know, he was not last. He did pip Nicol- Niccolo Antonelli, it looked like, so, did, you know, by did. a couple hundredths. But, um, right. Uh, you know, and you know what? Dalaporta crashed <sighs> again. Uh, that dude, that you know, we're talking Tetsu, we're Suzuki 2.0 uh, from Moto2, yeah. right? So I mean, he's a former world champion. Get it together, man. Get yeah, that's together. exactly what was said in our in this household over the weekend. It was like Della Porta, what are you doing? You're a Moto3 champion, and you can't get this bike figured out. You know, there's something going on. Um, yeah. You know, maybe look at a ride in World Supersport. Who knows? I, I you know, um, but uh, no. <laughs> Sean oh, Dill- you're, you're giving him career advice. Sean, Sean Dillon Dang. Kelly. Talking about the American. Sean Dillon Kelly. First time out, you know, first race in GP. I think that this is kind of what we had talked about last season was that, you, you know, this might be good for Sean Dillon Kelly um, to come out. Oh, yeah. Get his teeth kicked in a little bit, you know, by the Europeans, different tracks, you know, big learning curve, new bike. Um, and then come back strong. So, so yeah. here's your first dose. You know what it's like. Now you know where to where to, you can only go up well, from here. That's right. Well, the water's deep here, right? Like the water's yeah. deep. Oh yeah. And and um, you know he was racing hard against Richie Escalante. And no disrespect to Richie Escalante, Richie Escalante is not, uh, you know these guys. Yeah. You know he right. he, he he is not Vietti. And, um, I think Sean Dillon Kelly is where he needs to be right now, though. He 100%. I'm not bagging on Sean Dillon yeah, Kelly. Yep. We knew this was going to happen. It had, it had to happen this way. There was no other way it was going to happen. Right. Um, but I do think that Sean will take this and learn from it. We saw him do that after Escalante put it on him that year. He will get better. So just like Cameron, Cameron's first result this year miles better than his first result last year. He knows the track. Yeah. It's a huge deal when you know the track, you know where you're going. Well, he didn't even know where he was going to be living at that time when he was raised. You know, all that stuff is settled now. Plus, you have track knowledge. You're not unfamiliar with the surroundings everywhere. You know everywhere. It, it'll make a huge difference. You know what occurred to me while I was watching the Moto3 and Moto2 races, though? What the occurred to you while you were watching those Moto2 and Moto3 races? We have been spoiled with rookies that were just knocking it out of the park on their first year yeah and this year not so much well yeah we're going to talk more about that in gp you know but but no i completely agree with you it's more of the same no i I mean this is normal yeah last year was so abnormal i mean 
between Guevara and, and Acosta in Moto Three and and uh, Raul Fernandez in Moto Two and and rookies, 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 rookies. You know what I mean? And yeah. we, mm-hmm. it was just crazy. And so now what you're seeing is someone like uh, a Vietti having a great year, a great start to the year after a year of kind of struggling until mm-hmm. the end there. Celestino really did the normal progression. You know, he went through and he learned and he doing same for same for Cam Bobier. Yeah. yeah. Now what what are you hoping to see? I, out of Joe Roberts, Joe Roberts already knew all these tracks, right? So that that's kind I'm of. I'm going to need a little more from Joe Roberts. 100. percent We're you know Joe Roberts has the track record at Qatar. You know, so where Looking is like Joe Roberts? That needs to that needs to be a a consistent top five finisher. A finisher. Now, obviously, the talent depth in Moto Two, Moto GP, and Moto Three is ridiculous. Yeah, we deep. just talked yeah, about that. Really you know, deep, it's yeah. crazy, but. You've been there for three three plus years now, yeah. Joe. Come on, it, you know where are you? What what's going on inside that Intel Trans Racing team that is not clicking? Because you had better results at the American Racing team. Yep. You had more. Expl- I would say you had more explosive results at the American Racing team. So you know what's. You, you know what though, and I, and I and I know that Ital Trans had won the the title the year before. Right. And, you know, this is a great team. And they have good funding. They have all that stuff. It occurred to me that while American Racing probably didn't have quite the funding that Italtrans Trans did, but if Cameron Bobier keeps putting it up in the top 10, they will. It's going to come. Yeah. That's exactly right. So we need Cam to keep it up. SDK to get in that mix. You know, have a great ride here and there, score some points occasionally this year, and then next year he and Cam both need to be killing it. Yeah. And I'd be happy, you know, if it was, you know, if if Cam moved up to MotoGP, I'm happy with that. But I want, I want both of, I want as many as many Americans in that top ten as possible, especially for the American racing team because that generates revenue, that generates sponsorship interest, the visibility, that, and- the visit, and that gets interest abroad. For us, that gets it back over here. People are watching American racing. And then the riders are coming. The results are coming. The money comes. That's just how it works. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that happens. Well, I think um, Amazon's going to cause a big fluck, influx of cash into MotoGP fairly soon. So we might not yeah. need to worry too much about the you know some of the yeah. funding, but which yeah. is a good thing. I'm not knocking that. So absolutely, yeah. it's a good thing. So who's your person to watch in Moto3? This year, who do you have? Who do you watching? Who do you think your championship to you, the guy to watch for the championship? Pick one guy. Moto three. I'm gonna have to go with Augusto Fernandez. Yep, I like that pick. I do. I like that pick. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with Mino because I in I Moto think, what you said Moto, Moto two. Okay, you're I'm going. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Moto three. I meant Moto three. I'm okay, going Mino in Moto three. Uh, be, not because he well, he did win. I, I get that. Seems like the easy pick, but because I think it's his time. Like you said, he's had some bad luck. It's time for him to have some good luck. And that Sasaki thing happening—that's good luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm looking at Mino because I think Mino, when he's not interfered with and injured, is incredibly fast. So that's my pick. What do you got in Moto Three? Moto Three. I'm gonna have to. Oh goodness. 
So Sasaki really showed me something this weekend. I was really surprised at that. And and Sasaki was always towards the front with other races last year. Um, so I, I'm going to have to go with the Yuma Sasaki. I think that he caught a bad break okay. this this weekend, he but it, he's yeah. going to take this as you know. Look at where he was and benchmark you know what he's what his results could be and what kind of speed he's got on the bike. Um, something yep. clicked this weekend, so keep it up. Whatever oh, you're yes. doing. Well, he's got a new team, so that's good. But um, yep. All right, I'll take that. So you chose Augusta Fernandez in Moto Two. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at Aaron Canet. You okay. know, like I don't yeah. want to pick the winner of both races. You <laughs> so, just want to see the bow tie. That's all you. You I, just you know. I, I that bow tie and I have a date for the end of the race press conference <laughs> to figure out what it's all. Simon about. has to get but, us uh, the info on that bow tie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crayfar, do your job. But uh, yeah, so that's it. So for me, that's all I've got for three and two. Um, you want to move on over to MotoGP? Yeah, I think we can wrap up Moto2 and Moto3, and then we can jump straight over to the uh, Premier class. All right, well then let's do that. <laughs> 